Reading from Exodus 24, verse 12. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there, and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments which I have written, that you may teach them. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and Ur are with you. If any man has a difficulty, let him go to them. Then Moses went up into the mountain and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. the mount to Moses. If you've got a Bible, you can also turn to Psalm 24. From verse 3, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord and who may ascend in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is, the, this is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Father, I thank you for your presence. It's so beautiful here this morning. And, and Lord, you are, you are here. And having come to you, and we have given you, Lord, the sacrifice of praise, given you our worship, we know that you are going to give to us today, Lord. Father God, give us from your word, what we need today. Let us hear from heaven what you're saying to us today, Lord. Lord, we don't want a sermon. We want to hear from what God is saying to us. In Jesus' name, all the people said, amen. Uh, amen. Well, I'll tell you what I believe God is saying to us today, really, really clearly. I really felt strongly to preach this word today. That God in this season, we are entering a season, and I, I, don't, I can't see... The change happening in front of me now, but I know just as in end of 2019, God spoke to us and said, darkness is coming. I want to tell you, I believe chaos is coming upon the world. There are going to be things changing. This is not uh, a normal season. Since 2020, we have entered into a new epoch where darkness is going to reign. There's going to be so, so much confusion, so many evil government agendas. You know, all this stuff, I want to tell you, all the stuff you're hearing about climate and all the rest of stuff, it is simply the guise, even the pandemic, is to bring about one world controlling authority where the Antichrist is going to come and rule and reign. That's the era we are. We, I believe we are the final generation. And we are seeing the birth pains. And, and I believe there is going to be more, you know, these storms in Libya. This, if, you've got, if you're in the spirit, this is not, not natural. 
what's going on in the world. This is the, there's so much sin in the world. The birth pains are starting to come up. The earth can't take it anymore. And the world is getting more and more chaotic. It's going to become more and more chaotic. And many people are going to lose it. Even Christians are going to lose the plot with what's coming down the pipe in the future. But God is going to have a people who know him and are going to be able to remain at peace and are going to be able to know how God operates, and they are going to be great light in the midst of the darkness. And in order for that to be you, in order that to be you, God is saying there's only one way you can be someone who is standing on the rock and not shaken when all the shaking takes place. God says to, 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 to you today, the passage I just read is for all of us. God called Moses to come up the mountain. And the people that are, are, are going to be able to be uh, survive, but also be used by God in this coming season uh, will be people who know, like Moses, what it is to go up God's holy mountain. And God is calling his people. He's calling his people to come to him at the moment. He's calling his people to come not to church, but to God, to get into his presence, to get back into the place of intimacy, just like he was with Adam in the garden, where God walked with Adam, where God was able to speak with Adam, where God was able to pour his love upon him. God is actually calling the, his people today into that place where we are intimate with him. And... How we respond to God's call, I believe, is going to determine our future. And you know, as Kevin just read the, the passage from Scripture, that because the blood of Jesus, we can now freely all come into his presence, having to be cleansed by sin. We can all go up the mountain and be intimate with God. Because it's from that place, it's from that place where we go up the mountain that we can actually know God, we can actually hear Him, we can actually obey Him, we actually be effective for Him. And what, what, uh, what God did with the people of Egypt was He saved them out of Egypt first, and then He took them in the wilderness and called them straight to go up the mountain. And it wasn't just Moses. If you read this, the, all these passages about when Moses went up the mountain, it wasn't just Moses that was called to go up the mountain. There are a whole lot of them called. The 70 elders were called to go up the mountain. And going up the mountain is, is, it is actually a place where God calls us. It's a place of prayer. So when I say God's calling us up the mountain, He's actually calling us now into a place where we seek Him, where He seek His face, where we want an encounter, we want an audience with God, we want to experience His presence in the morning, that we want an encounter with God and to be with God. That's what it is to go up the mountain. And see, God wanted to speak to a nation. And he, God said, where I speak to them is from the mountain. And it's the same today. If you really want to hear from God, really hear his God, you've got to be someone who knows what it is to go to God. To go to God in prayer, to seek his face, and to come up that mountain. And he went up there. And Moses had the most wonderful encounter. The fire of God came down. The glory of God came down to that, that mountain. And Moses had... Not a meeting, but he had a meeting with God. And what God is saying to our people today is that many of the people, as I said, were called to go up that mountain with Moses. Some went halfway, 
Some had to stay at the bottom. God said there are certain people that can't come up. They have to stay at the bottom. They have to stay in the valley. And I believe that just represents they're God's people, but it's just a place of religion. And he said that the people couldn't come up. Moses could come up, but the people couldn't come up. And one of the reasons they couldn't come up is because, and one of the reasons we can't come to God and seek him in prayer is because of, of our busyness and our own agendas. And, and, and actually, your own agendas and your busyness is not busy. It's a priority statement. And God is saying he's looking for a people who will not just live according to our own agendas, but live from his presence. That actually know that, that, that their own agendas is no good unless it comes out of the presence of God. And so God's actually calling a people. This time, in this season, he's calling a people to himself. And I believe, you know, those, those elders, there were some elders, 70 elders that were, were with Moses, and some were permitted to go halfway. And, and I believe it's because they, you know, you can start off seeking God and continuing to seek God and seek his presence, but then you only get halfway. You can't go all the way with God. You lose heart. In the end, your heart just isn't in it anymore. And God is saying, don't that let that be you. He's looking for a people who are fully in it in this season. He's looking for people who are full on, who will seek him. And, uh, and like Moses, Moses got to the top. And it's really interesting. Verse 12, it says, when the Lord said to Moses, come up on the mountain and be there. That, that's just a beautiful phrase. He says, just come up in my presence. Don't open your mouth. Don't tell me what you need. But he says, I'm looking for a people who are happy just to come into the presence of God like we are this morning and be there. Psalm 25 says, I, I wait on the Lord all day long. You know how powerful it is to just go and have a place in the morning where you just go and sit and you wait. And Moses had waited six days. And he was just there on the mountain with God. And it says that after six days, the glory came, the fire came down, and then God spoke to him. And meeting with God is often like that, is that you just go and sit with God. I mean, good stuff happens just in the waiting. But we've got to be prepared to go there. And, and as it says, God said to Moses, just go up the mountain and be there. You've got to have a place in this season where you just go and be there with God. A dedicated place where you just go and all you're looking for, all you're looking is the presence of God. That's what all you're waiting for is the presence of God to come into that place. And you're going to be there until he comes. And you're going to keep pitching up and he will come. His presence will come into those people that are hungry for that mountaintop encounter with God. And then God spoke to Moses. And he was up there for 40 days, it says. 40 days on the mountain in the glory with God. So Moses, he came up. And I said before, some of the elders, could they only came halfway because the heart wasn't really in seeking with God. You know, you can have a halfway heart. I kind of half want an encounter with God, but I'm still half into my own agenda. 
So they couldn't come up. But the, the rest of the people, they had to stay at the bottom for a different reason. This people, all the time, even though God had saved them, this people, God says, you can see it in, in uh, Exodus 33. God actually said to them, even though they're saved, they're a stiff-necked people. What does stiff-necked mean? It means you can't turn them. They actually want their own way, and they're going to keep doing things their own way. They're not going to seek me. They're, they're set on their own agenda. And so they had that set on their own agenda, and they also, even though God had told them when they come out of Egypt to get rid of all your idols, they had idols in their camp. So these people, because of their, of their own agenda, their stiff-neckedness, the idols in the camp, and they were, God says, these people are defiled before me. And it, God says, I am a holy God, and in order to come up the mountain, he says, you cannot live in defilement. He said, so if you want to be a believer who actually keeps your idols, and your idol really is your own agenda, if you want to keep your own, keep your defilement, you cannot come. Up the mountain. God will not allow you to have those mountaintop experiences in his presence, but he wants you to. He wants us to. And God said to them in, in Exodus 33, he said, only Moses is coming up. He said, uh, these people, I've brought them out of Egypt. In verse 2, I'm going to send my angel before them. I'm drive them out. So he's still going to do, God's still going to do everything he promised. You're going to go to a land of milk and honey. But he says, but I will not go up in your midst. And that, that, kind of, that, that language is kind of like God saying to people, yeah, I've made promises to you. I'll, I'll fulfill them. But you're going to have to do this walk. You're going to have to do it in your own flesh. You're going to have to do it in your own flesh because I'm not going to be in your midst. And he says, because you're a stiff-necked people. And, but Moses was... You know, Moses was different. And what he did in uh, verse 7, it says, Moses took his camp and pitched it, took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. Came to pass that anyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So what it meant was that Moses knew God wouldn't meet with these people because they were defiled before God. Before a holy God, if we have willful and deliberate sin in our life, we keep our idols, God says, you, oh, you, you won't, won't know my presence among you. So Moses said, these people are defiled, but I so want to... Not only have that mountaintop experience, but I so want to live and to know the presence of God daily. He took his tent and he made a place outside of the camp which was defiled. And that place that he made was a pure, it was a set apart place. It was a part where there was no defilement. And he said, God met him there. And God met him there when he would go out to his secret place, when he would go out to this tent, he would go out. And um, he said, you can stay in the flesh or the camp. And he says, you can keep your idols. You can be defiled. He said, but I'm going to go outside the camp. And uh, that, that means I'm going I'm, I'm to go and seek God. I'm going to go and seek the face of God. And I'm, I'm going to seek him in a way where I'm clean of my idols. I'm clean of my defilement. I'm just going to go after the face of God. And it says, when he went out there, it says, uh, God spoke to him there. He says uh, in Exodus 33, he went out there outside the camp and it came to pass. Um, Moses went into the, the tabernacle, the pillar of cloud descended. That means God's presence came into the place and the Lord talked with Moses. God wants to give you a place where actually he talks to you.
He talks with you. But he's saying, I'm calling a people that, that will hear my voice, that, that I will speak to. But he's saying, to have those encounters. David Wilkinson called a message once. He preached a message called the two calls of God. And either to really go on with God, like Moses, he said, there's two calls. There's a call to come up the mountain in prayer, and there's a call to come out. That's a call to come out of the world, come out of the patterns of the world, the defilement of the world, the patterns of the world, and say, I am just for God. And if you do that, if you say, I am not going to be like, I'm not going to watch their TV programs, I'm not going to allow myself to be defiled by the filth that's on Netflix and all the stuff that's on TV these days, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have the idols of the world, and I'm going to go after God. God will meet with you, and he will speak with you. And he's looking for a people today like that. God is looking for a people who are not after. Just, you know, some people come to church not because we're hungry for God, but we come to pacify our conscience. We come, so we say, I just want enough of God. I want enough of church to go to church and, and just feel that my conscience is being cleansed. God says, that's not what I'm after today. I am after a people who want to know me. I am after people who want to go beyond religion, who don't want to stay at base camp, but want to come up and know their God. I'm telling that's what the Word of God is today. It's God is speaking to me so clearly about that. And look, you know what happened? When Moses did that, when Moses set, him, set aside him, himself and said, I'm not going to stay in the camp. I'm not going to live in this halfway place of defilement. It says, whenever... It came to pass, he went out to the tent of meeting in verse 7 of chapter 33, and it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tent tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. In other words, others were influenced when they saw one man prepared to set, aside, uh, set himself apart for God and to go after God. It's time to go after God, church. To go after God. To go up the mountain don't worry about religion, don't worry about church, but to go after God himself. And if we don't go after God himself, I just, I have a concern, we're not going to make it. So Moses, he went up the mountain because God called him up the mountain. And the Holy Spirit is calling a people today to go up that same mountain. And you say, well, this is Old Testament. Let me tell you. Jesus had 12, but he had three who were more keen than the other nine. They were called Peter, John, and James. And the other nine were like outsiders, but this three, Jesus knew they wanted to go after God. And you know what he did? Matthew 17, 2. He took them up a mountain. He took them up a mountain and they had a supernatural encounter just as Moses did. It's the same experience. They saw Elijah, but this is a supernatural experience. And you know what happened up that mountain? It says after a while, everything faded. They could see Elijah and they could see Moses was on that mountain. They could have visions. They could see all these things of heaven. But it says after a while, all that faded and they could see Jesus alone. That's what happens to people that go up the mountain. <laughs> you come down, all you can see is Jesus. 
All you're obsessed with is Jesus. I've been with Jesus this morning. I saw him in the spirit. I saw him. And after they'd been with Jesus and saw Jesus on that mountain, it says, then they came down and there was someone demon-possessed. And they rather cast that demon out. Because power is produced up that mountain. Psalm 24 says this, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? That's, what's, that's who may be like Moses. And it says, who may stand in his holy place? And, and it says, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. Now, hands speak of actions, but your actions always come out of your heart. That's why the Bible says, out of, of, of all things, you've got to guard. You've got to guard your heart above all else. Because out of the heart springs all the issues of life. And it says, you've got to have clean hands, and you have clean hands when you have a pure heart. And he says, who will ascend to the hill? Of God, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. That means nor said to God, I'm going to do something and then change your mind. Who has not lifted up his soul to an idol. So he's saying, if you want to come up, you've got to be serious about getting rid of all the defilement in our life and the idols of our own agenda. And you, you know one of the other reasons that stops these people going up? I just realized in my study this week, I, I looked at something. When God, Moses went up the mountain a number of times, five or six times. The first time God called him up was in Exodus 20. And he says, come up and I'm going to give you the law. I'm going to give you the commandments. But it says when God called them all to come up, but when the thunderings and the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, the mountain smoked, and the people saw it. They trembled and stood sort of far off. They said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear, but let God not speak with us lest we die. And Moses said to the people, do not fear for God has come to test you, that his fear may be before you, that you may not sin. See, there's two types of fear. Two, these people had a fear of God because they had a wrong perception of God. They thought if we get too close, we see the thunderings, we see, see the lightnings, we, we're going to get smoked. And they knew they're going to get smoked because they were living uncleanly. But he says that's not the right type of fear. You know, you can't fear God's holiness. If you're a Christian, you've been washed in the blood, you can come freely into the presence. He may correct you, but he'll never consume you, never disqualify you, he'll never condemn you. But the right fear of God is to be in awe of what he's going to do in your life when you come into that place. And these people, they said, see, this is the nature of religion. They said, we don't want to go up. We Moses, we know you went up and you heard from God. But we don't want to go up. We're happy. We're happy to listen to you and hear what God is saying through a man. We're happy to hear secondhand. And a lot of people today... They're like that. They're like, I don't want to press into God. I don't want to give God my time. I don't want to seek God and have my own place where I go and meet with God. But I'm happy to come to church and listen to a man who does that. And as long as we do that, we stay at the bottom of the mountain. We stay just in the realm of religion like these people. But God is saying, I'm offering an opportunity at this season for a people to come 
up the mountain, to seek my face and to have the same kind of encounters that Moses had. You know, these aren't just, these aren't historical stories. These are principles. When you go after God like that and you have a place and you go in your own tabernacle or you go up your own mountain, there is a time where God himself will come into your prayer closet and man, he, he, he do things that are going to blow your socks off. He'll, he'll just, sometimes when you're shaken and you're, you don't know what to do, he'll just come in and he'll just still you and he'll just comfort you and you'll say, wow, I was, I was really worried this morning about something that's going to happen. Now I'm leaving this place full of confidence. You know, I'm, I'm just, that's what the presence of God does. It does stuff. It does powerful things in your life. And he says, but if we will set ourselves apart today to say, I'm not going to watch those programs. I'm going to turn them off. I'm not going to be like the world. I'm not going to listen to all the filth. I'm not going to get into the world's agendas. And I'm going to put away the idol of my own agenda and all the rest of it and the idol of self and put away and just actually make a time to go and go after God. God says this. He says, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who ascends the, the holy hill of God into the holy place, has not to, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is a Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. So he's saying there will be a generation like Jacob who just go after God. Just Want that encounter with God, a meeting with God. That's what Jacob did. Jacob, he knew he was not who he was meant to be in God. He was a deceiver. But he got to a place where he said, I can't stand this anymore. And I know religion's not going to work. So I'm just going to put myself aside in this little place. And I'm going to put all my family away, put all my animals over the creek. And I am going to wait here until God comes. That's what it speaks about. It says this Jacob who seeks God, who seeks his Face. And he says, if we get like Jacob, we'll be the generation who receive blessing from the Lord. Because up the mountain is where the blessing is. And the blessings that come from being someone who is hungry for those encounters with God, the I believe the blessing, the greatest blessing, is the ability to keep going up that mountain. To keep seeking the presence of Jesus in my life. And when we come down, you know you receive power in that place. When you come down that place, you've got, when you come out of your prayer closet, you've got power to overcome sin. That's where you get it from. And that's the greatest blessing. But see, also, you know, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Where did Abraham hear God? Sorry, where did Moses hear God? He heard him up the mountain. And you know, if we have a place where we go, and Abraham, oh, sorry, Moses went up there just to be there, just to wait on God, and you're just going after God, sooner or later, God is going to speak to you. He's going to not speak to me. He's going to, not going to just read the Bible. He's going to speak to you. Maybe through his word, maybe through a person. But you're just going to know God has spoken to me. Speak into your spirit. And you know why it's so powerful? Because what Moses did, Moses, God was on the mountain and he said, Moses, I've called you to do something, but you need 
a tabernacle for my presence to be among you. Now, the tabernacle was an intricate thing God called Moses to build. It's an intricate problem he needed to solve in order to build that tabernacle. But up the mountain, he got a blueprint. He got a blueprint to do the complicated thing God had called him to do. And some of us have got complicated family issues, complicated problems we need solving, and God can give you the blueprint. He can give you specific instructions of how to get out of situations, how to, how, to, how to get through problems, or how to get to your destiny that He's calling you to get to. So He spoke, and He gave him a blueprint. There was a time when we went up... Uh, I had a friend, and I, uh, meeting with him next Monday, a friend called Ivan, who helped us actually start this church. He's an Indonesian friend, and one day he and arranged for us to go with him to Kota, uh, Indon no, Malaysia, a place called Kota Kinabalu. And Kota Kinabalu has got the largest mountain, highest mountain in the Southern Hemisphere. So Michelle and I, we got fit, and we walked a million miles, and we got ready to go, and we went over there, and we climbed this mountain. And, you know, it was really interesting because when we were in Kota Kinabalu, I was thinking, like, this is a pretty grotty place. You know, it's by the sea, but it's dirty, and there's not much going on here. But when we got on the top, top of the mountain, I remember looking out, and I'm thinking, like, man, there's valleys. There's green valleys over there. It's, all, it's a beautiful place. There's other mountains over there. Because you get perspective. Up the mountain, you see things you don't see in the valley. God gives you perspective on your life. In His presence, you can see what's going on that you can't see outside His presence. You get blueprints for your problems. You get, this is what vision is. When God shows you the big picture. But, you know, one of, the, one of the important things is, Psalm 103 says this, Moses went up the mountain, and, and the people were happy to not hear from God, not to meet with God, but to hear from a man instead. What was the consequence of this? Psalm 103 verse 7 says, God made, his ways, sorry, God made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. So because he went up the mountain, God knew God's, Moses knew and learned God's ways. Because he was someone who went into the tabernacle all the time, seeking God. He was just going after God. He learned about God's ways. But the people who just said, we'll just hear from you, Moses, and we're just happy to stay at the bottom and do religion, they only knew the acts of God. Now, what are the ways and what are the acts? The ways speak about the very nature of who God is and the way he operates. The way, because God works in certain ways. His ways are not our ways, so we need to learn his ways if we're going to go on with God. Because if we stay in the flesh, we just have our ways and his ways are not our ways. But Moses learned the different ways of God. We're going to learn how God Works. He works through the spoken word. That's why our words are important. Moses learned all the ways God works. And see, the acts, that's what God does for us. The people knew what God had done for them. 
So they were interested in what God had done for them. And they'd actually worship when God did things for them. But Moses was different. Moses was not after God's doing for them. Moses was after God himself. He was going after, and he wanted to be in the presence of God for the sake of the presence of God. He was a lover of God, not a user of God. And, and so he, he's going, and, and, and these people, they, they only knew the acts of God. And here's a question. When Moses went up the mountain, how long was he up there? Forty days. What did the people do who only knew the acts of God while he was up there? They got back into idolatry. Why did they get back into idolatry? Because God was up there with meeting with Moses. He wasn't acting for them at that time. He'd acted for them at the Red Sea. And then after he did that, Miriam got a tambourine out and had a little worship practice, but not before. And that's what they did. If you're someone who only acts, you only worship God when he acts for you, it's only a matter of time till you get back into idolatry. We're going to be people who not, don't know the acts of God, don't love God for his acts, but actually want to know God himself and his ways. So Moses, because he went up the mountain, he learned God's ways. And that's where you will learn God's ways, how God works. God will light up his word to you and start to teach you directly. And you know, it says here, it says, uh, this is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. That's what, that's what someone who's after, who goes after God is. We're actually not after his hands, his acts. We're after his face. We're after God himself. We actually want an encounter with God. We're, we're actually setting ourselves. We're going to that prayer closet because we're waiting for God himself to come and meet with us. That's what it is to seek God's face. I'm seeking your face. I'm seeking your presence. And you know what happens when you do that? There comes a time where God pours the Holy Spirit out in your prayer closet and he reveals his face to you in the spirit. And that's why, you know, we have this blessing that we think is just a religious thing. But it says in, um, in uh, Numbers chapter 6, that the Lord bless you and keep you. How? The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So the blessings, you know, who will ascend into the mountain of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, not lifted up his, his, his soul to an idol. He shall receive blessing. He shall receive blessing because he will meet with God himself, the presence of God. He will learn to hear his voice. You'll get blueprints for your problems. You'll have vision for your problems and perspective. You will learn God's ways. And God, as you seek his face, will shine his face upon you. And you will come out of that place with the most precious commodity in the world, which is peace. That's the benefits. 
You know, it, it's, I want to finish by going to Genesis chapter 32. Because it says, this is, this is Jacob. Who will go up the mountain? It's the people that like Jacob, the generation who seek my face. And we see what Jacob did. This is what seeking the face, this is what going up the mountain looks like. And you see, in Exodus chapter, sorry, Genesis chapter 32, where it speaks about how, how Jacob went after God. This deceiver went after God. And, you know, it's, it's in this place, you know, he went after God. And the passage I'm going to read about now, he not only went after God, but God turned up. When he, when he went up his mountain, when he went to seek the face of God, God actually manifested in this place. And the beauty of it was, what does it say in, in um, Psalm 24? You'll not only receive blessing, but righteousness from the God of salvation. Jacob was a deceiver. He was not righteous. But after this encounter, when he met God, he had this encounter with God himself, God changed his name from deceiver Jacob to Israel, which means prince with God. So these encounters are transformational. We behold him. We go from glory to glory. But it says he... Uh, verse 32... Verse 22 of Genesis 32. He arose that night and took his wives, two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford Jebuk. And he sent them over the brook and sent over what he had. And Jacob was left alone. He was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the break of day. So this is the equivalent of like the fire coming down on the mountain for, for Moses. This is like an encounter a Holy Ghost encounter, Jacob the wrestler. But he didn't have that encounter until he just put everything out of the way in order to seek God. He put his wives and his children over the Jabrook, his, his, his wives, his concubines, all his... He said, he said you, I've got to get out of the way and we've got to be deliberate about this. There are things we've got to put aside in order to say and be deliberate about it He's, you know, he could not have had an encounter with God if his wives and his kids and all his animals were all around him. He says, there's times when I've got to be deliberate. I've got to say, I am going to seek my God. I remember when early in our marriage, my wife, if my character got ready, she'd say, you need to go in there. Because <laughs> she knew I came out different. That's the truth. So he, 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 we, to, to really have an encounter with God, go up the mountain, we've got to be deliberate about it. We've got to say, I'm not, I'm not content with where I'm at. I am going to have my encounter with God. So he was deliberate. He put everything aside. He said, this is my season. I'm, going to, I'm not going to know about God. I'm going to know God. And he went and wrestled with God. That's the type of prayer. And you know, when that, when that angel turned up, after a certain time, the angel came and met with him, the presence of God. This is the incarnate Jesus, came into that place, pre-incarnate Jesus, came to the place, and he was wrestling with him. And he says, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. So that's like a persistent, a persistency in prayer. He was deliberate, 
but he was persistent. He said, I'm not leaving this place. I'm not leaving this place of prayer till I get my blessing. Till Psalm 24 manifests to me. Those will receive blessing from the... I don't know what the blessing is, but I'm going to know when I get it. Because different every time. So he was, he was deliberate. He was persistent. And he was desperate. He said, I'm, I'm, I am not getting out of this place till God shows up. I've got something in my life. I've deceived my brother Esau. I deceive Laban. Now I'm living with the consequences. Sometimes God's got to bring you to a crisis for you to go after God. And Esau, his brother, was coming with 400 men. And he's, Jacob's thinking he's going to destroy me. And that crisis got him up the mountain, got him to go after God. And he's deliberate, he's persistent, but he's desperate. He's like, I, I, I can't go on like this. You know, there's a scripture, I don't know where it is, but Rachel, who's barren, she cried out to God, give me children lest I die. I just love that. It's like, that's the desperation sometimes God loves to hear. The, faith, the desperation of faith. Give me children lest I die. Give me, make my life fruitful to Jesus lest I die. I'd rather die than not be fruitful for Jesus. And there's a desperation of that cry. I really believe, uh, I'm preaching this message today. I'm not really preaching. I'm just speaking what God's put in my heart. That God is about to differentiate his people. That there's a separation of sheep and goats. I really believe very soon the people that know their God are going to be able to dif be differentiated by the people who are happy to stay at the bottom of the mountain. Happy just to hear a sermon on Sunday. Happy just to get it from the pastor. But really don't want to go after God themselves. I believe God is about to differentiate. And uh, the, the people that are His... That, are, that, are, that know him, that know his ways are, are going to be used greatly by God. They are going, you know, everything that's happening, all the chaos, God, God, is, not, um, God is not going to be taken by surprise. <laughs> He's not going to God is going to have a company that he uses so greatly. I've said many, many times, you know, when there's darkness, the way a jeweler described that displays a, a diamond is to put it on a black cloth. That's what the church that knows their God is going to be like in the coming seasons. They're going to shine in the midst of the darkness because they know their God. They know how to access Him. They know how to hear from Him. They know how to receive the blessings they need because they are a company. They know how to have God's face shining upon them because they're a company of people who go up the mountain, who go after God. And I want to tell you, whatever you're going after, it's dross if it's not God. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what you think it's doing for you. The, the only place of real blessing comes out of the presence of God. He shall receive blessing from the Lord. Who? He who ascends 
the hill of God. That's what God is saying. And I believe it's like there were many, many people. Believe me, if you read that passage, there are other people God, I believe the whole company was called. All the Israelites were called to come up the mountain. But they preferred life at the bottom. They preferred just hearing from a man. They preferred religious activity. There's nothing there. They just keep you in a place of idolatry. Keep you in the same place. You know, we go around the mountain. Heard that saying? God says, no more around the mountain. God's saying, now it's time to go up the mountain. You say, well, I tried to go after God before. Well, all I'm saying is there's opportunities of a lifetime. But there's a lifetime to those opportunities. Now God is actually calling his church. Come, meet with me. Build your tabernacle. Build your tabernacle. Because I want to pour out blessings on my church. I want to pour out such blessings. You know, such blessings. God wants to pour out such blessings we can't contain it. Word of God says that. But he's saying, to get them, we need to come seek his face like Jacob. I love the next verse. It says, lift up your heads, O gates. Lift up your everlasting doors and the King of glory shall come in. That's what happens. In that place when you're seeking Him, the glory of God, just like it fell on the mountain, it comes into your prayer closet. That is the blessing. Stand up. If you, if you, if you know God wants to do something, maybe you're a Jacob and you know you've had some issues in your life that aren't going away. Well, Jacob got changed in that place. He went from Jacob to Israel through seeking the face of God. You know, there's just this, in, in that place where you meet with God, there's just supernatural work happens in your character. You just get changed from glory to glory. If you need to be changed, you come, just meet with God. Just come forth and worship Him at the front here. There's an altar here. Just say, God, I want, I want that Jacob experience. And if you've got no hunger for the presence of God, I, I once didn't. I once went, but didn't know why I went completely off the boil with God. I didn't know why I had no appetite for God after having great appetite. And then I simply said, God, give me back my appetite. And he did. And I just got so hungry for God and his presence again. So if you say, well, I've got no appetite to seek God, just say, come, give me the appetite. Because I tell you, if you are someone who goes after God, God is going to show you things. God is going to give you encounters and experience. He's going to use you. He's going to speak to you. He, this is the season I'm I've heard from heaven. This is what God is saying. He is going to blow your socks off. Just like he did for Moses. You're going to know the ways God works. Not just about his acts. So that's you come meet with your God. I'm not going to pray for anybody. You just come. This is a time to have an encounter in the Holy Ghost.